Hi, John. How's things? Good, good. How's the connection? Yeah, everything's good. How's it going? Lovely stuff. So, another that's podcast. That's it. Another day, another dollar. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any news from Palmer? Uh, not lately, no. I haven't been up on it now that lately. Yourself? Um, I just heard there's a few very young vocations gone in. 16, 15, 16 year olds. Yeah. Um, a bit scary, you know? Yeah, anyway, 16. Yeah. Do, do you want to introduce yourself again and your contact details for the listeners? Yeah. So um, I think we don't have to repeat every time, but my name is John. Anyway, I was in Pomar most of my life. And um, I'm on Twitter at, at JJS underscore 853. If anybody wants to uh, ask any questions about Pomar or our lives in there or anything, associated with the topic of Pomar, they can hit me up on my Twitter feed. And yourself? Yeah. So, my name is Robert. I was, was Father Guido Maria. So, I was um, a priest there for 16 years, um, a bishop, and I was 11 years a missionary. Um, just half, most, most of my life I've been Palmarian, one way or the other, you know? Yeah. And my, mad when you think of it like my contact details, well, the contact details for the email is just palmarianchurch at gmail.com, so straightforward. Um, and we're also on Facebook. You just go Palmarian Church or Iglesia Palmariana in Spanish, and we should come up. Um, and it's again, it's a criticism of Palmar to try it. It's not some people when they, they link onto the Facebook think we're, we're Palmarians. No, we're not. We're ex Palmarians. And just one more thing that we haven't mentioned before is there is a support group which has quite a lot of members at this stage. Um, and if you look it up, it's for ex-Palmarians. If you look up ex-Palmarian group, you might find it out there. Yeah, and just to mention there, everybody has different opinions within that group. So there's no fixed opinion in that regard. It's not like, uh, you know, some people are religious, some people aren't, you know, so everybody's welcome. Yeah. And I mean, some people are out years. Some people only recently have left. And um, so, so it's, it's, and it's, it's a different process for everybody. And um, some some people are ex-priests, some people are ex-nuns, some people are just were faithful, some people were there fifty years, some people were there ten years, you know. So um so we all have big, one big, thing in common. We all uh, lost some of our family members. Yeah, definitely. Um my both, both my parents died without talking to me. And they were told not to do that. Um, and I have no zero contact with my whole family. Like the whole my whole family's inside, so they have no contact with me. And, and your family. And exactly. Yeah. You know, that's, that's that's worse. At least like I've kind of I've gotten over that punishment that mm. they gave me, whatever you want to call it. Because um, my yeah. parents have never done it in a long time. Uh, but the likes of you, the younger generation, they have to live with that now, and it's it's terrible, you know. Yeah, probably the next phone call I get it's when they're, they're dead, you know. Yeah. It's very sad now, I know, but it's, it's yeah, sad. It's sick, but that's just the way it is, yeah. And so we're going to talk about Clemente today, no? Yeah, we wanted to continue a bit about Clemente last week. Last one, we talked about all the his apparitions and that. Um, do you want me, to, first of all, to go through that email that we didn't get a chance to answer last the last time? Yeah, you, thanks for reminding me. I forgot about that, yeah. Go ahead. I think there was just part, there was a, an email from um, a person who had a bit of interest. And basically what it was, they asked, how could priests who had left Palmar and um, just relive their life, rehack their life and get out there or even get married soon after leaving? 
Um, and the, basically the question was, if they had a vocation, how could they do that? Okay. Yeah. So, I can only again talk for myself or for maybe one or two other pre- priests that I've spoken to, and I'd be, I'd be, I'd, I'd trust them, and they trust me to talk about their their lives and their lives. Um, that we didn't have a vocation. Um, because to have a vocation means you have a calling from God. If you get to the stage in Palmar that you believe that God was never there, as in, like we spoke in the last podcast, that these apparitions like Clemente were all made up, and it was false, there was no priesthood, because if there's no, if there's no apparitions, there's no priesthood. Monsignor Tuck wouldn't have ordained anybody if there wasn't any apparitions. Um, so if they were false, if the papacy was false, there's no priesthood. Yeah, so we were invalid from the get-go. From, from the very beginning, you know. And now everybody has approached that differently. Like for the nuns who left, so I know this isn't talking about priests, but for the nuns who left, a nun when they take their vows, they take it before God. Okay, sorry. They take it before a bishop who represents the church. But if these bishops in Palmar aren't bishops, they don't represent the church. So mm. those vows, whether they're listed or not, they're invalid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with the priesthood, and um, you'd have to have a you know a valid and listed ordained priest to ordain your priest first of all, and then with this mess of Palmer, what I did and what a few of us did, whoever we left together, we went to the Archbishop the Papal Nuncio in Dublin, and we asked him to look into that for us. He got back to us and basically said we were to, we were to live as lay people, that we weren't priests. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is. Down to how authentic Palmar was, and for me, it wasn't authentic. Yeah, but the educational standards of uh, of the normal the Roman Church, um, it's a little bit higher than Palmar, no? Well, ours was zilch. Exactly. So, <laughs> like um, I know people that were three months uh, became a brother, and three months became bishops. Yeah. I mean, come on, at at, at 17, 16, 17 years of age, you can't yeah. can't be you can't. Uh, it's abusive, know, you know. I know of three brothers who are all left now. One of them left with me in the year 2000. I mean, they were 15, 14 and 15 when they joined. Yeah, how could they have children? How could they have even made any sort of the proper decision there? Yeah, yeah. And above all, with the environment that, that we lived in, which was kind of, I mean, just by the way, today is the anniversary of the day I was supposedly ordained, um, yeah. 2nd of May, same day as Eliseo, the present um, Palmarian Pope. We were on the same day. <clears throat> well, I mean, that was an apparition. <laughs> Our lady appeared and said, I want these 15, it was 15 of us. I want the 15 ordained. Now, if those apparitions were false, how could you, you know, what's what's going on here? Yeah, Nobody... but that, that's funny because Clemente at that time needed bishops, right? Uh, These so are all probably... very young. Yeah, oh yeah, and def- definitely we were, I mean, 15 relatively, all of us were relatively young men. Yeah. And we did a lot of the dirty work in there, you know, kitchen work. I know yeah. that sounds stupid, but I mean, someone had fact. to do it. Yeah, someone had to do it. Drive the well, cars, clean the cars, cook. You were saying there, you were saying there about, that's very interesting about um, the way Clemente um, said it came through, through a vision that yeah. Jews needed to be ordained, which means, because we, uh, at the time, uh, me and myself, when I was in Pomar, we, we at one stage, we really believed it. And at that age, you definitely still believed it. And so now you thought it was the God, the word of God, so you, you didn't even have to make up your own mind anymore. It was made up for you, right? And it was like this. It was 
he got the he had the operation. I'll just to give you one example. He had the operation the first of May. Okay, the, the ordinations mm. were the second of May. Yeah. Um, I think it was about seven o'clock in the evening. We were called in Palmar. He was in Seville. We were called in Palmar, in Palmar to go back to Seville. That we were going to be ordained, and we were just basically asked, "Do you want it or not?" That was it. Mm. It was not like yeah. you're prepared. It's Our Lady has asked for it. Yeah, you know, and because, but that's the thing. Me, if you had said no at that time, Robert, and went back to your family who were staunch Palmarians at the time as well, you would have been looked at queerly, no? Oh, definitely. No, definitely. So there's abuse of pressure. Again, it's coercive. If they have you controlled, that what, what are you going to do? Mm. You say no. What are you going to do? I doubt. Sorry, you're saying, well, I need more time. You aren't getting more time. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd be yeah, looked on. That that's with the whole. They they always pull on this concept of free will. Well, I did ask you, didn't I? Like I asked you, but yeah, they, they put so many so many different uh, conditions on their free will. It's just not free will anymore. It's coercive yeah. manipulation uh, yeah. and child abuse. Let's just get yeah. it out there, you know. But it's the same if they when they before the, the big group expelled, when they would when Clemente would expel individuals, when he had a tactic, his tactic was really you know. Get them out now. You're expelled now. There's your ticket. Go home. Right. So you couldn't hang around Spain. You couldn't hang around Seville. You couldn't hang around Madrid. You were sent directly home. Right. And then he just sat there and waited for your call. And most people called within a week mm. to go back. Do you know what I mean? Because they couldn't. They had nobody. They had nobody, and he made sure they were isolated. You know. Yeah, um, and that was the whole idea of that. And, and, and they call it free will, and they keep your family inside, not allowed to talk to you. And most of the people, especially in your cases, didn't have financial means whatsoever. Um, no. a, a lot didn't even have uh, formal education or you know uh, uh, further education, so they were left in a, a very precarious situation. No. Yeah, I mean, if you if I had gone back, I mean, Jesus, the embarrassment of it all. Would have been crazy. I mean, it was bad enough when I did go back after 16 years. This is uh, going back to when we left what we did. I mean, when I remember going to the bank to open up a bank account, they said, where have you been for 16 years? And I said, well, I was in Spain and in South America. So mm-hmm. you pr- he said, have you any proof? Mm. And I, ha- I hadn't any proof. Because I was yeah, just trying to basically run out with the, the, the short on, your, on the back of your, on your back, you know? Yeah. And that was it. It's so, like yeah. landing on a different planet, no? Oh, totally. And in that movie star documentary that you took part in, I mean, there's one, 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 one ex-priest there who spoke about that he didn't even know how to use um, modern Spanish. Uh, so that's, that's, how isolated, that's how isolated. Yeah, sure, I never used any of the social media, internet. I didn't know how to email. I never set up an email because um, yeah. I never needed any of that for work. And yeah. uh, all this, I didn't know how to use any of that, you know, or even the security measures to block people from looking at you and stuff. I was, you know, I had yeah. no clue. I didn't even know. What's really funny, I didn't even know how to work a, a television controller. <laughs> because when <laughs> I when I last Christ. saw a television controller, there was only a few buttons on it. And when I saw this thing, I was like, there's a hundred buttons on it. I don't know what the hell all that is, you know? <laughs> no, lost. Totally lost. Totally yeah. lost. I mean, and the other thing then, when you talk about vocations, I mean... To be honest with you, I was influenced, you know, a lot by my father, you know, mm. Uh, mm. who who I think in his time might have wanted to be a priest as well. Um, or so he wanted pushes to, his wants yeah, onto you, maybe. Exactly, he reflects it back on me. No, mm. I'm not blaming. Him. I mean, I took the, the decision. Um, At fifteen. Yeah, and the, and then they're like, 
this whole thing, this fantasy, I mean, what was I signing up for? I was signing up to be one of these great bishops of the last times. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a prince of the earth. I mean, the, the, the emperor was Clemente and we were all going to be princes. So we were doing in a fantasy, total fantasy world. It was a bit no. of an ego trip as well, no? Oh, totally. Mm. You know, imagine going back to Ireland in the 80s when there wasn't a lot going on, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, no, a bishop all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, the next thing you're just a bishop and you're out in sunny Spain. And it's, yeah. I mean, this is all fan, pure fantasy. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Um, so it's down to how you interpret your vocation, what vocation meant. I mean, for me, vocation is you're getting calling from God. God mm. wasn't there, so maybe it was the devil calling us. Because that's another thing. I know we don't talk a lot about it, but if Clemente made up made up apparitions, I mean, was for, for for people who believe in in the devil and that, I mean, is uh, was the devil involved? Was you know how how satanic was all this? So we just don't know. Yeah. I just Honestly. I just don't, I never really want to go down the old Satan route because it's used by the Catholic Church as one of the biggest excuses to to, yeah. to, to, act, to perform all acts of cruelty, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, child no, abuse, I'm... sure they were tempted. Uh, yeah. Sure they were tempted. Uh, you know, yeah. this rule, or I lost my temper, or I violently beat up somebody, or etc. etc. Ah, sure, it's the old devil, you know, he's on yeah. my back because I'm a bishop, you know. Yeah. I just, I can't hear that excuse. People I need just... to start taking responsibility. No, 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 I'm, I'm just bringing it up as in, when people bring up the idea, well, you had a vocation, and then you explain what a vocation is a calling from God. Um, if God wasn't there, then who was the calling from? Was it pure fantasy made up mm. in your head? Was it pure love? Or was there something else there? No? Yeah, everybody has their twist on it, Jeff. Yeah, so I mean, you, you, and people need to sit down and look at this, you know, and say, well, what really went on, you know? Mm. And then it comes down to these, these priests in Palmar, they can't administrate any sacraments. There is nothing there. Sure, they changed them all up anyway. Like we said in the last podcast, all the words are different and the, and the rituals are different anyway. So everything, everything, the whole so, concept anyway. of the sacrament is gone. You know. Yeah. So where did where did actually Clemente come from? Who was his family? What is he? You know. That's what? another good question. Um, well, his mother was was a Palmarian. We're gonna put it that way. Once okay. he became once he became pope, um, I know his mother is involved. Basically, he started looking after her. Um, yeah, but was she officially a Palmarian? Look, she had an apartment in Seville. Um, I think the nuns or the priest was sent. I think the priest was sent every Sunday to give her communion if she couldn't come into the, the, the chapel in Seville. Mm. And I know later on in her life there was two nuns there continuously looking after her. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what's what's the interpretation of a Palmarian? From I mean, she's an 80, 80 year old woman. Um, who dressed with skirts anyway you didn't have to there was no no norms I mean the rules that you lived through John not everybody had to live through them you know and mm. um, the extreme rules that were imposed by Peter II and especially Hines. when you're the, especially when you're the mother of the Pope now you get a bit of a free pass yeah. but anyway the, the, other, the other side of it is the, the reason I asked you that question is because when I was younger I heard that she used to um, make fun of the Clemente saying that he had apparitions uh, I never heard that. I know what well, I did hear, and um, well, I mean, he was madly in love with his um, his mother. Do you know what I mean? The, I, I remember once, and the very few times that I went out with him, we, you know, that the group was went out drinking and that, um, he would cry about his mother in the pub. 
Yeah. You know, how good she was, how holy she was, mm. you know. Um, and just talking on that point, I after we I left Palmar, I decided to go back to Seville. Where a couple of friends, we went to Seville just for a week. And I hung on for a couple of days on my own because I wanted to visit all those churches in Seville that we were told we couldn't go into. They were so corrupt, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I went into them and it was amazing that, you know, there was... Um, the Blessed Sacrament was exposed in the churches and the rosary was being said in the churches mm. and these were things we've been told no it's just not happening you know it's all it's gone to, gone to, it's gone to the dogs you know exactly um, it's important to give that background because we were indoctrinated that everything outside Palmar there's nothing left in the churches everything's been taken out it's been Protestantized or modernized yeah. to such an extent that the Freemasons want to make it a, a public house and all the churches yeah and I want to go to these chapels because uh, these churches because so many churches in Seville and their their works of art apart from places of um, of re, you know of religion and, and mass and that yeah and so I went in but what struck me was apart from that seeing the devotion that was still there um, and how nice the churches were and how they were all kept and they were traditional in a lot of senses was that I now start noticing young civilians young uh, men from Seville about 30 years old but they were oddballs hanging around the churches. Okay. You know? And I remember seeing one case that this, this chap, about 30, sitting with this, looked like his mother or an elderly woman, about 70, 60, 70. Um, but he looked odd. Mm. And it started to, you know, just things started going off in my head saying, is this what Clemente comes from? You know, this type of, you know, people in his time went to the church to look for a bit of, Sanity, Solace. you know, Solace, yeah. you know, because I mean, we can't deny, and nobody can deny, and I know Palmar will deny it, but we can't deny that he was, you know, he, he was a pervert in the sense that he it wasn't just homosexuality. I mean, chap, yeah. his his nickname was El Voltio. Now I know mm. a couple of interpretations means people say you know El Voltio it was an electric volt. Do you know what I mean? So I was. Yeah. But El Voltio can also come from the verb in Spanish, voltear, which means turn around. Hmm. Okay. So he was known to like have his ass out in public toilets. Do you know what I mean? So, so and I know it's sickening, but you say, what did he do then? He felt bad about it, maybe. Hmm. I mean, the culture wasn't there for that type of uh, lifestyle. Yeah. He felt bad about it and he just found going to the church and, you know, confessing and you know, saying the road, that makes me feel good. I'm, I'm okay now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, gave and him, it, gave him a, it gave him an aim in life. And a relief because the culture, you know, he's just out of, a, you know, the Franco's times and he lived through Franco's time when all of that type of sexual activity would have been frowned upon, you know, a lot. But Getting back just there quickly, um, I just wanted to say about the rest of his family. I'm understanding about all his uh, actions. I think we've, we've gone over that about Clemente yeah. and, uh, and his uh, abuse of his. We'll come back to it, obviously. But I just yeah. wanted to say with that family, before I lose the thought, um, it was always said, and even in the 17th, I think it's the 17th apostolic letter, as the LSL calls it, what he writes now, um, he says about the Gloria the, the written on, the, on Clemente's tongue. Um, yeah. Was his aunt that saw this supposedly when he was a child? There was supposedly many prodigies happening and so when he was a child. Did that auntie that saw that on his tongue supposedly um, ever join Palmar? 
No. So you have to ask yourself the question, why? You saw yeah. a wonder like that. You see Gloria written on his tongue. Uh, the chap then gets uh, whatever it is, uh, gets the papacy, you know, and he names himself Gloria the Olivia, whatever that, whatever he called himself from Malachi's prophecies, no? Yeah. Um, and that person that saw that doesn't join Pomar and stays in the Roman Church. That doesn't really make sense to me. It doesn't add up, you know. Yes, John. I mean, what we're talking about here is um, his family. Like, I mean, he, he apparently said he had the stigmas twice. He had the crown yeah. of thorns once. Crown of thorns mm-hmm. once. And the, you mentioned last week, last time, um, the wound in his, 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 his right hand side now. Um, yeah. And still, his family don't become Palmarians. Mm. Yeah, but even the wound, like we said last time, even the wound was in the wrong place. And we, we described that last time. There's so many inconsistencies. And he had brothers as well. And they happened to be at his funeral. Um, uh, they looked like him. So we, we yeah. guessed that it was their brothers that when it was at his funeral. He had a few, a good few family members, no? Yeah. Um, but they never joined Pomar. All these massive miracles that he supposedly had when he was a child didn't really convince them then, did it? No, not at all. And that's, but I'd that's say, a wonder to me, you know. I mean, the has it. I mean, this was only said, and I, I can't prove this, but that Clemente did attempt to commit suicide jumping off a train once. And I heard it's that all, as well, yeah, that was reported, yeah. There's also a rumour that one of his... Um, is, I think it's either his sister or his, his niece. I mean, I'm not. Ref- this is not a reflection on anybody. It's just you know, there's seem to be a mental health issue with Clemente. Um, you know that he attempted suicide. Why did he do this? this is a big question. Um, why like did said, fact- Like you said in the last podcast, you point out as well that his depression and staying in his room, isolation. These are all key signs of mental illness of some description. You know. Well, if you can stay that long in your room. For, um, I mean, where was his fate? This Palmar, the place of Palmar, was supposed to be this great place of apparitions, and he would only go four times a year, mm. and he only lived down the road, yeah, only well, forty-five well, minutes. <laughs> well, it was funny there. I'll interject there quickly. Um, we had the granny of my wife's granny, and um, she used to live with us, and she was a Palmarian when we were in Palmar at the time, and she was living with us because uh, old people weren't allowed to live alone anymore. Yeah. And this was Kinez said, oh, people aren't allowed to live at home anymore. They have to live with somebody else. They're not allowed to live alone. Um, yeah. And this was a tactic to get their houses and their money. But um, yeah. she was with us anyway. And at the end, she was doubting Pomar herself. And she told me many stories about Clemente at the beginning being drunk, sermonized and drunk. And uh, he, one time he had a sermon saying that uh, if a woman, if a woman, um, is guilty of, of the sin if a man rapes her and the only way that she is not in sin is that if a man gets a tin opener to her vagina and he said this now in a sermon um, and the granny remembered that no and she told me that and she, he also remembered at the time when he was elected uh, to be elected pope so she was there at that time before he uh, elected himself pope for the ceremony and she said he was Walking up and down and up and down and up and down, doubting himself, I wrote, uh, smoking one after the other. No. Yeah. So uh, loads of different. Uh... I was there. I was there for that sermon where he said that a woman is guilty of allowing a man to rape her unless she allows him, and, she, and he used those words mm. unless she allows herself to be open like a tin can. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting around the front row. I'm telling you, as, as a bishop. 
And I cringe. I, I didn't know what to look, where to look. Mm. And I'm looking down at the faithful and I'm saying, These, I know they don't understand this because you'd have to fucking cringe, to be honest with you. Um, Did you take that out of sermon then afterwards? Or was that taken that was, out? That was taken out, yeah. You see that? See, that's that's the thing. All these sermons were manipulated afterwards, you know? Oh, definitely. De- definitely. Because there's no way... I know they were recorded because your man, Father Oliver, was in charge of, uh, of recording those things when, when he started to preach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is no way it was all there. No yeah. way. Because he made mistakes. He slipped up. He'd make mistakes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, he had I had, I had seen him drunk mm-hmm. uh, preaching, so he was going to make mistakes. Yeah, that goes on to the next question. But like, was did he ever show signs of empathy when it didn't uh, wasn't to his advantage? Like, did he like kids or what was his 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 reaction to maybe black priests? We had a few black priests from Nigeria, you know. And uh, um, and what was his opinion about women? As you were more in contact with him than more most people, you know. Well, I mean, if just talking about the community, okay. Um, mm any priest or any nun who was a bit odd now you're talking about your mark you know what's it 20 years 30 years and um, i mean odd what i would have considered odd because of my lack of education and my ignorance they could have been on the, the autism spectrum you know and uh, they definitely had mental health issues i don't know what it was and uh, physical you know physical um, problems they couldn't walk properly and these were all laughter and because he laughed, well then, all the other gobshites would just laugh. I mean, I, I just couldn't laugh at it, at them. I mean, sometimes they were funny what they were saying and how they'd carry on. But yeah. I'd, I'd, see, I'd, see, I'd see them on the main altar in Palmar falling, tripping over, or going up the stairs, tripping, you know? Mm. But so they definitely had... I think it's important to point out here, Robert, that you uh, you yourself uh, have worked in the mental health um, sector, no? So you can give a bit of a background. That you have it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, when I went, when I came back out of Palmar, the first thing I did was basically after getting a job, I got back into studying. So I studied in university, did my college degree, and my college degree was around social science and social policy um, and criminology. And I also did a higher diploma in mental health issues and, and management in mental health in yeah. healthcare, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have a, have a degree and higher diploma and a master's um, so I went back I studied seven years yeah but I mean I was interested and I, and I worked mm. in the sector I have worked in the sector for 20 years so I'm very familiar with what's going on so I'm not just making this up as I go along yeah, so it's, it's a, that's why it's important to give the background yeah because these lads these priests who you know you're asking, asking about his empathy he had no empathy for them mm. you know um, and if anybody would speak to the likes of um, Juan Marcus, Paddy Damas, who has a, a podcast in Spanish, I mean, he he was actually he was like a healthcare in in the community. Now they're not trained healthcare; it's just people who bring the food to the the sick and that you know in their in their rooms. But I mean, these priests, these priests, no matter how sick they were, were sent to Palmar mm-hmm. yeah, for six or seven hours of penance, and literal penance every day, no matter how sick they were. Yeah, it's crazy. There's no empty. Yeah, but that's what I mean. He, he, you said he was crying there one time when he was out in the pub and all when he was talking about his mother. And only the things that he cared about. And he, I think, like, I'm getting to the point where he was so self-deluded that he loved himself so much and he only cared what affected him. And to the rest, he just didn't care. 
looked away at Walsh. The rules, the children, the people that were suffering under all the rules he was making, you know? No, he didn't care about anybody. Um, The way I look at it, if he liked you, he liked you. Mm. If he didn't like you, you don't exist. And when he liked you, it was these people that went with him and tolerated his uh, activities outside, right? These are the people that benefited him that he that he then said. Well, he yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's one in one sense, but he also admired somebody who had a bit of intelligence, and you know, um, he, he was he could talk about things. Do you know what I mean? He could have a conversation with him, and um, mostly it was just the gang that hung out with him. You know, yeah, and, and do it. I mean, this one one case, the nuns. I mean, not just not one case, but um, when Clemente would. Uh, Decide get up in whatever time you get up in the day, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, and decide he was going out on the binge again. Um, he had what was called a, one of his, one of his secretaries. He had a few secretaries, but one who used to accompany him out on the on the drives, you know, on the on the on the, the, the piss ups. Yeah. So if if Isidore wasn't in the house in the convent, because the, the secretary had to go to Isidore for the money to go out, you know. So if Isidore wasn't there. Clemente would tell him to call the nuns. So he'd call the nuns and he'd say, we need medicine or we need this or we need that. And he'd get, he'd get the money off the nuns. Now the nuns were all already living frugally. You know? You would Did talk they have to anybody budgets, uh, Robert? Did they have separate oh, they had budgets? Look, they had to look after themselves, yeah. Okay. And, um, but he'd be asking, I mean, you're not... <laughs> So you're not talking about a hundred quid here. You're talking about, I mean, on one occasion, I know. I mean, I think this was regular. Anyway, I saw him spending five grand on one night. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that was just once that I saw that. Yeah, I'm not that the only person that's saying that. There's many other people that were actually with him uh, more times than yourself, and they yeah. all say the exact same thing. And some of these people don't talk to each other. So. Yeah. I mean, umpteen times, umpteen times, he had twenty people with him. Eating, so you're talking about you know good dinners, good 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 suppers, good evening meals, drinking the best of places. Um, sure, even the owner of the restaurant um, was interviewed one time, and he he himself used to say he used to love him coming because of the money he gave him. Yeah, I mean there's a there's a joke in Seville saying you know all all the prawns and all the camones, you know, you know that good ham in Spain, mm. they they eat them out of house, you know this all gone, only the best. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Living so off no, people. Yeah. No empty for the nuns. No empty for the priests. Uh, how how did he treat now uh, black priests? Because there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, undercurrent racism in Palmyra. Let's be honest. And there was a lot of very conservative people. But before they even joined Palmyra, they had ideological views that are um, from the 1800s. You know. Um, I was just wondering yeah. how did um, Clemente now treat uh, Nigerian priests? Well, put it this Mez, way, he, he, he didn't was very racist. He didn't have many around him, put it that way. Um, yeah. You know, in the Lamoy last year's, there was one, one um, Nigerian priest that was his, his personal cook. Mm. Um, but he was there a long time and he seemed seemed a nice type. Yeah. But apart from that, um, I, would have, I, would have, I would have said that there wasn't any communication with them. Do you know? Mm. Yeah. But it's funny because, like we said before, I think in our very first podcast, and just to highlight that again, there was a, a doctrine made by Clemente, which is not in the original Bible, in the Pomerian Bible, about the Tower of Babylon and the separation of the races. And it yeah. went in a hierarchy from the white 
like we weren't exactly as white as Adam and Eve, but we were yeah. made nearly as white. And then it went down through the colours and the darker you were, uh, the more sinful you were before yeah. the, the chastisement. And that lingering racism, um, Kinez took that literally. Oh yeah, no, def- definitely, definitely. I mean, mm. you know, the white race was the ba- basically the, the the best race ever, mm. um, and even Jesus Christ was, you know, he was that of that race. He, you know, it's a lot of bullshit. Yes. Um, just talking about the Bible that you just mentioned there and his dogmas. Um, yeah. I forgot I forgot to mention the last time that we spoke about it. I mean, he gave when we were talking about um, using the infallibility, the papal infallibility yeah. for the for the Bible alone. He used it 900 times. <laughs> yeah, do it mad, no? Madness. Just to make sure that I make sure that he's all to understand that this new Bible comes from God. And I'm going to yeah. do it 900 times so you don't, don't mess up about it. 800, 900, okay? I don't know, I can't remember the exact number, but it's either 800 or 900. Yeah, and then yeah, that, that that brings into question then free will. If God, you know, if God was intervening so much, I don't know. It's just it's just so much uh, into the doctrinal area. There's so much went wrong in Palmer, you know. Yeah, oh, it's laughable when you take. I mean, it's taken me a long time to say it's laughable, and to say yeah. that Isidore and, and Clementi were scam artists. It's, it took me a long time because mm. when it's grilled into you, like, and you know what I'm talking about here. When it's yeah, grilled yeah. in, you live it for so long. It's very hard to come to terms with. Mm. I mean, and uh, just, just going back to that f- the initial question about you know how people just got married or whatever when they left Palmer. I mean, yeah. not it wasn't that easy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, people decide I need to get on with my life because mm. uh, nobody was there to give you a handout. Yeah. I mean, thanks, thank God, my sister, my two sisters, gave me a handout. Um, you know to get back on track and that mm. but um, apart from that there's nobody there sadly some people don't even have that you know and I know people who have nobody yeah absolutely no one in this world yeah. nobody and that's why I've always made, I know people say why do you keep going on about Palmer well that's one of the reasons if I can help anybody who are thrown out or you know need have an issue about Palmer need an explanation need support if I can do it you know only verbally I mean, I have I have helped people financially, and they've left. You know, exactly. not a lot, but I've helped. You know? Yeah, and I've taken people into my house. A good a good number of people that have uh, young people that had to leave and had no yeah. uh, no jobs, no money. Yeah, I took yeah. them in for over a year. You know, uh, yeah. one was over a year, the other one was nearly a year and a half. Yeah, um, I'm out there to help people because my whole family's still in Palmyra, and if one day they have. Uh, a time to listen or something happens in Pamar that goes against their conscience which will that no doubt happen and happens regularly everything yeah. is there black and white for them to read it and so I yeah. actually this is the reason I do it you know um, yeah. but I'm totally convinced I've managed to convince myself and I'm totally 100% uh, guilt free because I absolutely and utterly 100% do not believe in Pamar you know? I mean, and to get to that stage is is it's very hard, and some people don't get to that stage sadly, and they they and, and so you know there's been suicides and there's been many other mental illnesses, alcohol addiction, drugs addictions, yeah. people landing in jails. You know, this is the abuse of Pomar. You know, there was there was okay. a poor woman, Bridget Crosby, left in Ireland uh, on the floor for three months alone. You know, um, just because Kinez wanted her house and she didn't want to sell it at that time. You know, so they want to they want to they want to go around. Pretending to be holy, you know, clean out house, change your rules, stop being abusive, 
and then I don't care. You know, but yeah. until that day comes, you in my eyes, you're a sect, you're a cult. Get off your yeah. high horse, come down off your arrogance, you know, and uh, accept that abuse that has happened and the abuse that you're continuing and uh, free the children and their minds. And then you yeah. can call yourself a religion. Until that point, um, take me to court for slander. I don't care. But uh, you're a sect yeah. in my eyes, you know. Well, look, they shouldn't be afraid and they seem to be afraid. You're not talking about their web Instagram, that shit. Um, that's not going public. That's... Um, what do you call it? Get out there and talk about it. So just go you know what you do to help people and that and why we continue to talk about Palmar is I wouldn't have been able to leave Palmar and I, I consider myself a pretty strong person without the help of other people in yeah. together. Um mm. I couldn't have done it on my own. I couldn't I Mm. Um, and these people, and, uh, I, they're, I hope they're listening. And I really thank they know who they are, and I thank mm. them the depth mm. of my heart because I, I wouldn't have left. Honestly, it was so hard. And you know yourself, and I've said it to you many times, and I'm very grateful for 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 the time you gave me and many other um, priests at back to time because I didn't have any of the pieces to to the whole puzzle. So I only had the the bare the bare um, minimal information that the faithful had at the time. And I needed to fill in those holes in my mind to be able to, to come up with a concrete, um, to concrete my opinion in, you know, the feelings that I had, which I wasn't being able to articulate, like what was wrong, because I didn't know traditional Latin, traditional mass is different in, in, in outside Palmar. I didn't know many things about religion. I only knew Palmar, you know? And yeah. uh, it was very helpful and, and I'm grateful as well for that. You know? Oh, just another thing that we're talking about tradition. And that was something I was thinking about talking today. I don't want to go off commenting. I'm not going off. I'm just it's something. Um, when when I look at the the web pages they have, and they call themselves the Iglesia Catholica, sorry, the Palmarian Catholic Church. Okay. I know where you're going with that. See, That's funny, yeah. I I I think this is illegal. Okay, this one thing. Okay, mm. it's illegal. And I give you the example of why I think it's illegal. Mm. When they registered the church in 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 Spain, they yeah. weren't allowed to call it. Now, just, uh, let me finish yeah this is a funny part of this um, they weren't allowed to call Catholic okay they had to call it the, the church of the Carmel the, the Palmarian church of the Carmelites of the Holy Face and company of Jesus and Mary that's what they had to call it plus and this is something that I don't think most people know they weren't allowed, they weren't allowed to use the word Pope okay. and what did Clemente do okay so Clemente said, well, I can't be called Pope anymore. I have to be called Father Clemente. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he said, the rest of you aren't going to be called Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So done away with the Cardinals. So the, everybody who was a Cardinal, we were all Cardinals, you see. Everybody was a Cardinal. It was like a hundred Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, overnight that was done away with. And that was done away because <laughs> the government wouldn't allow him to be called Pope. So you weren't getting one up on him. Because we were called, yeah, yeah. It was called Cardinal Father Guido Maria. That yeah, was it would have sounded like you had more power than him. Oh, that's it. So that's that end. All of a sudden, that end. And that's why there is no more cardinals in Palmar. 
You see? Yeah. Twist. How twisted yeah, that is. Yeah, but later on, then Isidore made up excuse. Like Isidore always made up excuse for his uh, nonsensical uh, changes. They were saying about Cardinals how 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 um, proud in Rome yeah. Cardinals were living uh, lives of opulence. You used to say, and they're abusing their titles. Who needs to be Cardinal Bishop <laughs> is enough, no? So they were preaching in in this you know, hypocr- hypocritical tone. And at the same time, they were the ones that were having lavish lives on the backs of of, of humble uh, people who had just lost their way and needed a, a crutch in life. Yeah. And they were just abusing these people, taking their money and living in the opulence. No? Yeah. And uh, that, they were saying that was the reason why they got rid of the cardinal because they're humble and the other ones are proud. Give me a yeah. break. So if there's any of the hierarchy listening now, you can't call yourself Pope, okay? <laughs> I think it's illegal. But I mean, if you're yeah, not, let, if it's not, let me know, okay? But uh, as far as I know, yeah, it is. Yeah, but the Christian church as well, they're not legally registered as a Catholic church, they're, they're registered as a primary Christian church, right? Uh, that's it. You know, so it's all in the same, it was all in the same court case. The, um, reason why, the reason why they were turned down the first time in the registration was that they used the word Catholic. So yeah. once they took that word out, the department or whatever it's called over here, over in Spain, allowed them to uh, register themselves. But they can't yeah. use that word Catholic. Mm. They're not Catholic. They're not Catholic in any any sense, you know? Yeah, so he used to flirt a lot with traditionals at the time. He was trying to always, at the beginning, at the beginning of the Vision 4, he was made Pope, so he used to always flirt with the traditionalists. And um, there was always very good uh, uh, messages about traditionalists. He used to pump them up. Um, yeah. And he pumped them all the way up until he was made Pope and they didn't accept him as Pope. <laughs> and then he started ripping them apart. So all of a sudden they're not good anymore, you know? Um, yeah. And one thing he tried to do to get them on his side was about the stipend. In Rome, you have to pay, you can pay a stipend for a priest to, to, to say mass for you, which I don't agree with actually. So he was right because traditionalists used to, these were one of the excuses that traditionalists had uh, a gripe against Rome so he was feeding into that with the stipend and he got rid of it he abolished it in Palmyra right yeah um, but then he introduced in every sermon that there was ever was um, give alms and donations and it was a sin not to help the church so yeah. he got it in, by other means but he was flirting with the with the traditions at the time that's why that's why it's important but afterwards when they didn't accept him as Pope he ripped them apart called them Freemasons and uh, proud um, people for not accepting uh, the word of God yeah I mean, the stipend was taken away. Um, uh, well, the, the reason given for we were given for that was that there's no value on a mass, there's no value on a confession, there's no value on a sacrament. Okay, mm. and that's just a way of getting people to give more money and not give it to the priest directly, but give it to the hierarchy, which was in that time Clemente, Isidore, and Elias. They were the people who got the money. Nobody else. Nobody else had any any access to cash. Nobody else. Mm. Just those three, you know? Yeah. And Elias, who was number three, would be given out that Isidore had more than him. Mm. Bullshit that would go on, you know? Yeah, and, that's, and, that's, and people have to be aware. Like, they weren't just getting money from from working or something. They were taking money from people. Yeah. From people, people's hard work and labor. And many of these people, because of their rules, were having 10 kids um, living in the houses that were designed for maybe three kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 as well documented that um, I mean the amounts of money were huge. Mm. You know, I, I I keep repeating this, and people say, "Why do you keep repeating it?" Well, I keep repeating it because this was just one case that I was aware of, which was a quarter of a million dollars every month from one mm. person, mm. every month without other donations that person was given. 
Yeah, but your gripe is not with the money itself. It's where that money went. Is the is the is the you have to ask yourself. Most yeah. of the churches outside of Palmar aren't op- opulent. They weren't really done up up, up until recently. You no, know? and um, the yeah. money was invested invested elsewhere. Yeah. So that's the gripe, not because yeah. of how much money they. We don't give a crap how much money they have. We're talking yeah. about abuse. So stop trying to twist everybody's words always to to their to fit their um, narrative. You know. Oh yeah, no, but see, what I'm saying this about is that they make out on their webpage or anytime we talk to them, we don't charge for anything. This is all the blessings of God. That's a lot 10%. of... 10%. It's 10%. Yeah. You have 10%, to 10% no. of your money to the church. Yeah. And your properties. And your properties when you... And you can't be all... So now they don't say give your properties. Now they're right there. They play on words. You don't give your property. That's not what they say. But you can't live alone. There's an old person. So when your husband dies or your wife dies and you're at home alone, you have to move in with your kids. And then why yeah. would you have a house there lying alone when you could help the church with its arms? No? Exactly. So then they come along and say, now you're sinning because you, you haven't done that. And eventually... They will say literally you can't go to confess, you can't receive communion until you do it because you're sinning not helping church when you can. Yeah. That's how they play it. So the twisted way of 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 uh, of mind fucking people, like that's exactly what they do. They manipulate yeah. words, they twist words to fit their agenda, and they try to act humble when they're when they're very, very proud themselves, you know. I mean, in one case I knew of, and again, I'm not going at the quantity, it's how they manipulate the people. Exactly. That's well, that needs need to be, be clarified, so we'll be glad we did it's, that. Yeah, is that um, one of these people who was given a lot of money, they believed, this person believed, that Clemente, Isidore and Elias were the blessed trinity on earth. Okay? God yeah, the Father, God. I heard that shit as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, this person was excommunicated from Palmar, yeah. but yeah. this person came off the Palmar with money and was given a private uh, walk around the floats and the church and what they were going to do with the money, blah, blah, blah. But this was a person who believed in crazy stuff, so they were taking advantage of a crazy woman. Thank uh, you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and they thought, and they thought that yeah, they did that with a, with a clean conscience. So they didn't give a rat's ass about anybody else. Like LSO no. today, he pretended that he was going to be different. He didn't change anything. Uh, he only changed rules that he himself didn't like. Didn't didn't take into consideration the abuse um, that those children have are being abused at the moment in school. Uh, school and life and being a teenager just hard enough without having that, these many rules to be implemented that you can't um, talk to your classmates, etc., etc. You know, and that you wouldn't you wouldn't then uh, fulfil yourself. You know, exactly. Like they never did it. They're preaching to people about rules they never had to hold. You know, so they can yeah. need to come down off their high horse. Uh, anyway, moving back to Clemente, there, and um, he was fascinated with uh, Francisco Franco. No, because many of his documents are are directed in that uh, towards that ideology of the Spanish Republic, the Second Spanish Republic, um, and very much against the Basque region of Spain. Um, yeah, he has many things written here. We feel deep pain seeing how many years the majority of nations censored and criticized St. Francisco Franco and the Holy Spanish Crusade. No, so he yeah. was very um, endeavored with, um, enamored, yeah. sorry, enamored with um, Francisco Franco Fra- and the Franco. ideology. Yeah, I mean, Franco called the Civil War of 1936 to 1939 mm. um, a crusade. Yeah. Okay against communism and he got the Catholic Church on his side. He had initially the Falange, which was the kind of nationalist group on the side. He, I think he eventually watered that down a bit when he took over. But I mean, mm. it was all, I think you, you, you showed me a picture of him, you know, where uh, Franco under a religious palio, which is only for a bishop or a pope. Exactly, um, so he's taking the status of, yeah, exactly. So it shows his humility, you know? 
And I mean, the, it depends how you read that history. I mean, history is written by the victors, you know. But um, if you if you read the the history of of Spain, the Spanish Civil War in depth, and you know, examine each of these people who are involved in it, you see how corrupt they were all were. I mean, only recently in Spain, I think Franco's family and the the the, the government took a, a house that they had often that was given to them or was taken by them in 1939 or something like that yeah. was given to frank given to franco for his work in 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 um in in this in this 36 39 war you know and the government has taken it back because it's not his you know and yeah. all all his family are millionaires every one of them and again i'm not saying i'm not against a person working hard and earning their money and all that but this this was given to them on a plate and this is what this is what clemente was admiring you know and mm. um, the warlike Franco, who didn't give a shit, mm-hmm. and got to, he, he, I mean, he, Franco was cute enough. He would um, play with, play with Hitler. He used Hitler to give him um, planes to bomb the north of Spain, Guernica, bombed them with, this, mm-hmm. with the German, the German planes. He had German soldiers, and mm-hmm. um, used. They need to help him as well. But when mm-hmm. came, he just closed it off. He knew he was on the losing side. He mm-hmm. couldn't get. But he didn't want to get involved with the Russians. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's the funny. That's the funny thing with all that sort of stuff. And he, like Clemente, used to always go on about how great Francisco Franco was and all this sort of stuff. But they never talked about the mass graves that were found and the atrocities that were carried out in in his name and uh, the name of his crusade. No, um, yeah. and the abuses. I mean, there was abuse on both sides of that war. So everybody can say war is just not a good thing to be doing. But uh, there was definitely abuses from Francisco Franco as well. Um, so it's, it, painting him out to be oh, some sort of angel reminds me of what the media do um, uh, to Putin, no? Um, painting him as this sort of model man, you know, this powerful guy who rides topless on a horse. I mean, give me a break, man. Since when is that the, the picturesque of a man? I mean, years ago, a man was courteous and, and you know, the knights and all this sort of gag before, you know? Um, so it, it turned into this, I have to be a man, I have to like bang my chest and uh, ride a horse and shoot a, a gun that's longer than my body. Clemente and, and Francisco Franco and, and Chinez, uh, Eliseo now, all these people have this in common, this abusive way of thinking. Yeah. I mean, why didn't our lady appear to Clemente and tell him, hold on, I think you've made a couple of mistakes here about Franco. <laughs> she didn't do that, you know? Um, yeah. And remember, remember, I mean, what Palmar still believes, okay, and this is, this is very important and hopefully one week we'll do this, is that they're gonna they're gonna be head of a crusade and they're gonna kill anybody who, who resists them. But that's a very no. important point that you made there, and that if people didn't know, I was um, when I left the church, I was beaten up on my front doorstep in front of my daughter for leaving and criticizing Chinez. And um, they came across Europe, met uh, met up in Germany, um, organized uniforms, balaclavas, torches, and batons, and came to my house. About fifteen of them, no. Um, and that was at the at a whim. So they were told to do that by Chinez. Now imagine yeah. the doctrine. So, so that was a, a generation that had seen world without the rules. Now the generation that are now that are now growing up, 
They've never seen the world outside of a mirror. They don't know anything. They just think the whole world is evil. If a man comes like Jesus, who now had, has managed to get himself up to number three or whatever he is in a higher uh, position within the church, if he ever becomes Pope or even LSL gets influenced by him, they could say to those uh, young kids, march out there and kill those Freemasons in the name of Jesus Christ. And that politician, doesn't matter what, these are they're grooming them and they're terrorists in the making. So that, yeah. that's what they've annulled their free will, annulled their way of thinking, and they would actually think it would be righteous to use violence yeah. to further the cause of power. But if you think about what Clemente did, what he used to do when he would expel people, he couldn't shoot them, he couldn't kill them, okay? So what would he do? He expels you and you can't talk to any family member, so he kills everybody around you in one sense. Yeah. You're on your own, okay? This is the mentality. And as you say, there's nothing stopping a, a father, Jesus, who's over there now, saying to a group, go and get John. Yeah. Go and get him. There's nothing stopping exactly. him. Exactly. And they would. And as, as you said, as we've seen, they've done it. They've done it. So the proof is there. Or chase me, or I live. So chase mm. me. Because you're talking too much about this. You know? Yeah, but exactly. But that was when we were younger, it used to be a bravado talk, this kind of talk. And one day it just switched to reality. People weren't, it wasn't just bravado talk anymore, locker room talk. It was, it started, started becoming the way people thought, you know, it crept through the church like a cancer. You know? Yeah. I mean, going, going back to my time, I considered myself, I, I had considered myself prince of the church, and I had no problem thinking of killing people to, um, to, for the triumph of, the, of what I thought was the true church. Now, now I know it's, it's not the true scary, church. It's scary, no? It's scary. And I wasn't the only one. Mm. I wasn't the only one. Okay? But fortunately, I thought, I used to think dying for the church, uh, no problem, no? Because um, my mother and father had a, this a little bit of a different way of, uh, uh, let's say we were brainwashed different than my family a little bit. And yeah. uh, they had us a bit, a bit outside, the, they kept us a little bit outside the bubble of Pomar. They let us a, a few freedoms, have a few freedoms, no? And one of them was, um, we can't go against the Ten Commandments of God. And until yeah. Jesus Christ himself gives you a sign, and that you're supposed to go to war or whatever, which I now at this time I don't agree with war at all, and I don't think uh, uh, an all just um, Godhead would believe in, in war either. No, self defense is a different story, but war are, are, are an offensive to spread your faith. I think that we just have to get past that. This is just caveman rhetoric from years ago. I mean, just we need to get over that as a, as a whole, you know. But don't forget, that's still their doctrine. I mean, their doctrine that they publish is all Holy Joe stuff. Do you know what I mean? Oh, look, we say the rosary, look at our floats, but they don't, they don't, don't publish, first of all, their own unfulfilled prophecies. They don't yeah. publish this type of warlike you know, talk. Yeah. yeah. And um, they don't talk about anything about Clement anymore. You know, he was just a great man. That was it. Yeah, they're manipulators. We we know that. That's why we're doing this podcast to show the other side. No, uh, especially going back to the, how extreme that Clemente was in the in the, in the rhetoric and the rhetoric that is uh, dogmatically defined within Pomar, which means it's, it's infallible, which means it can't err. No, um, yeah. He he's he's wrote down there. He said about abortion that people that commit abortion or uh, the women that. Um, Go to get an abortion, or the doctors that are involved in abortion um, should be given the death penalty. You know, um, 
you know, where's the the, the empathy for for if you, if I'm not I'm I'm gonna say it straight out here. I don't uh, agree with abortion, okay? But there's there's a lack of empathy in that statement, and they're supposed to be this this humble, you know, people. And they he had many things like that. He wrote a book of laws um, for when the Pomeranian Empire was there. No, um, yeah. There's a lot of it in his docu- documents and ha- how people were. There should be another. Um, what was that? Spanish Inquisition. Oh yeah, and he wanted the Spanish Inquisition, and now we get away from abortion because some some people that's a bit of a touchy subject. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he, he was going on about uh, religious infringement, um, yeah. sexual education in schools, um, yeah. you know the normal things that people need in a functioning society that has. Yeah, so, has so, so, social politics. That's what he was approaching yeah. social politics all the time, and he, he had plans. He, he has plans. John, I don't want to cut across you here. Um, I think we're up to minutes here in this podcast. Yeah, we're I don't think we have much more. So, will we just finish up today? Yeah, we'll wrap uh, it up there. Yeah. Wrap it up. So, I just want to repeat again. Um, if anybody needs to contact us on, on, on email, it's palmardianchurch at gmail.com. Your, your feedback is, is very appreciated. And anybody wants to get on the show, they can. Sorry, the podcast, they can. It's very easy to do. Um, your Twitter, what's your Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter feed is at JJS underscore 853. And like I said, you can pop me a, a, a private message there if you don't want to put it on my um, feed. Yeah. Like I said, um, I'm open I'm open to any questions or anybody that needs help or just wants to talk. Yeah. Just and then, then Facebook is Palmarian Church. If you just look up Palmarian Church, you'll see the, and you can message us there as well. Um, and this, again, I just want to shout out to... Um, people who have emailed me thanks very much for the emails and I will try and answer them when we can if we can um, and that's about it isn't it yeah that's about size until uh, next week or in a fortnight no well we're trying every fortnight so hopefully we'll continue that okay listen yeah, we'll thanks John it. yeah take it easy Robert cheers everybody thank you bye 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 bye